Hi, this is Pastor Don from Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I'm so glad that you joined into our service today. We're blessed that you're part of it. And you know, my prayer for you is this, that you will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and most of all, you'll be challenged by the Word of God today. So just get ready and join into the services. Service has already begun. God bless you. All right, so anyway, let me get started here into our uh, lesson two in Ephesians the, the lessons that we can learn from it. I want to do just a quick review of this. And uh, let me get my Bible. I don't know if anyone brought their Bibles. I know I was kind of suggesting that last week. But there's a whole lot in this Ephesians. There's a ton in here. And I'm continuing to unravel this, unpack it. And I'm finding more and more. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be one of these long series coming up. Now, we'll have, we'll have breaks in between different events and stuff like that, but this could take a while to go through, and we're not rushing through it. So I just want to do a quick review, and we start out in chapter 1, verse 1. That's what we did last week, and it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Paul, now he's known to have written 13 of the, the books in the Bible, and uh, when you look at these uh, books, I mean, they're, they're incredible. But this, this Ephesians, is, it's a, to me, it's, it's off the charts how, how much is in it. Now, as we go through, we're going to learn some more stuff. But this is one of four letters or epistles that Paul wrote while he was in prison. So we're, we're going to learn a little bit about Paul. And we're going to continue to see some of his life as well. But some people say that Ephesians is Paul's masterpiece. And, and I think as I'm studying it, I'm seeing so much more as well. Paul, just giving a little history, Paul, the, the name means little. I'm not sure if he was a little guy or anything, but he was an apostle by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ called him to be an apostle. Apostle was someone who sent out on a mission. So we begin, we begin to see the, the footwork that's taken place here. Now it says, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. What is a saint? Well, that's someone who's faithful to Christ Jesus. We talked about this briefly last week as well. You're, you're a saint here on earth. You don't die and become a saint. You're a saint when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You're a saint when you put your faith into Jesus. Then you're a saint. So he's writing this letter to saints. He's writing this letter to you and I, to churches. It says Ephesus here, but, um, you know, uh, it... it it's not really in the original if it went to Ephesus or not. They're assuming it did. They're assuming it hit all the churches in, um, in Ephesus. But the point is, it's a letter to all the saints. So we continue to see this. We're just unra- un- unraveling this thing here. And I got to tell you, there's a whole lot of doctrine. There's a whole lot of stuff in this. The next 11 verses, Paul doesn't even put any periods on anything. In the original, it's just, it's just run on sentences. Kind of like the way I write sometimes. I don't put any punctuations. But there's so much in there. Now, we're going to uh, take notice of certain things as we continue to go. One of the things I want to say to notice is this. Notice the Trinity as we go. You're going to see the roles of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You're going to see all three of the different descriptions, maybe I'll say job descriptions, of each and every one of them. So, here we go. We'll get into this first one here. And this is, this is um, verse 3. And we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places 
in Christ Jesus. Okay, so he starts out, bless. Some of your translations may say praise. But the bottom line is, this word really means well spoken of. It's a good word. He's starting out with a a praise, a, a good word to the Father Almighty. Paul is. And he brings out to God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. See where the blessings are coming from? The blessings are coming from God. See, now we're starting to already see some different uh, separations here. So when we get blessed, the blessings are really coming from God. But what is the connection here? What's the connection? Is Jesus. So we see here that the blessings, uh, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God's the blessing. Jesus is our connection. You can't get blessings without having Jesus. There's many denominations out there or religions I should say that don't really believe in Jesus they just go to God but you know what we got to have the connection we need to have Jesus without a doubt now note here the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places now if you have your Bible I'm not sure I'm not looking around to see if you brought your Bible (laughs) but you'll see the word places in italics do you see that in your Bible maybe you do maybe you don't Okay, that was added in. See, we're doing just a little bit of teaching. That was added in for us to understand a little bit of what's taking place. It helps us to understand. It's, it's, not, um, it's not anything but other than help us understand English. But the point really is, is heavenly in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a pretty interesting word there because our blessings, they kind of come from the heavenly places. They're, they're coming from somewhere else. Our spiritual battle is taking place in the heavenlies. Did you, did you know that as well? You know, when you, when you look at the word of God, it talks about three, three heavens. There's three places here. Okay? You got the heavenly in the beginning, and Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, that's, that's, we see that's plural. Okay, so Bible talks about three places in, in the heavens, heavenlies. I'm trying to work through this because this has been a tough uh, sermon to put together. But then you also see that in the first heaven, going through the word of God, is the atmosphere, is the sky that we know it. You'll see that in Genesis uh, 2, 19, 7, 3, Psalms. You'll see that in different areas. And you'll see that second heaven is that where the stars are, stars are. That's the second heaven when it's talking about in the Bible, in Deuteronomy, in Jeremiah, Matthew, when it talks about that. And then it talks about the third heaven. The third heaven is where God's at. It's, it's the, the heavenly place there. You see that in Deuteronomy. It'll say, indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God. So there's different levels. But we're, what we're getting it back to is what has taken place in the heavenlies. This is where our blessings are taking place. But sometimes we're not getting blessings. Sometimes something's happening. You know, when we look at this uh, spiritual blessings here, it doesn't mean natural blessings. It means spiritual blessings. Now, spiritual blessings, the result of spiritual blessings will happen in the natural. But if we look at Ephesians 6 and 12, look what the scripture says here. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This word heavenly is the same word that's used in our verse here. See, there's a battle taking place in the heavenlies. 
Okay, there's the war has taken place. The result, well, the result is what, what happens in our lives. The result is maybe physically, maybe mentally, maybe our marriage, maybe our finances, our kids. Maybe all, That's the result of something that has taken place in the heavenlies. It almost seems like our blessings are being, are being blocked, if you will, from what's taken place in the spiritual realm. So just think about that a little bit because, you know, there's a deeper level. And I believe the Tuesday Bible study will be talking about that in the next couple weeks when they get into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talked about this a couple months ago. But you're going to see that there's a different level of power that it takes to fight through the enemy. So we see that God wants to bless us, but we see sometimes we're not getting the blessings. Now, we go on. And I, I got just a couple points here. I got I to travel through some of it. We'll talk about blessings a little bit more. But let's get into Ephesians 1.4. Okay, here we go. Just as he chose us, just as God has chose us in him, that's in Jesus, before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasures of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accept in the beloved. Hmm. Everybody's wondering where am I going to go with this? I am too. I believe this is just a personal opinion. This could be one of the most controversial verses in the Bible. When it starts talking about, um, starts talking about predestined, when it talks about uh, God chose us, when it talks about the elect, it kind of gets us into an interesting way there. And um, I got to tell you, it took me a while studying this. And I got some counsel as well. And the only thing I got to say when I get to heaven, me and Paul, we're going to sit down and talk about these words. That's all I got to say. Because, you know, again, if you continue to look at this verse, you can see that these verses, go back to verse 5, please. I know it's not part of our... You can see in these verses, you continue to look at it, you say, has God just picked out everybody that's going to make it to heaven? Right? You see that? Have predestined us? Has, has God done something here? Um... Has God picked people out to go to heaven? Now, churches have split up because of this doctrine. Some, some of your theologians, your students from past tense and present tense are still arguing this. And I'm not here to argue doctrine. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, come against some of, that, some of that stuff. But I'm here just want to share some scripture. Because if God has already pointed out who's going to heaven, that means he's also pointed out who's going to hell. Amen. Yeah, good. I need some confirmation from everybody. I don't know if I'm getting it yet. I'm still looking. So it doesn't seem fair, does it? It doesn't seem fair if God predestined everybody. I thought God was a good God. I thought God loved everything. I thought God was all about wanting us to have a relationship with him. Then how does this predestined get in there? How does this elect get in there? How does this he has chosen us you know, how come he, he didn't chose other people? Are we a pawn in a game that God is playing? 
Many people say, yeah, many people will believe that. That God has, God has already picked who's going to heaven. But the point really is, is this. He's given us all a choice. He's picking out what we need to do. He's given us some options. But he's given us a choice. But the point is, he knows in advance, before the world began, he knows what we're going to choose. But did he, did he uh, earmark us? That he already, you know, is playing this game? No, I don't think so. I mean, if he did earmark us, if he put a, you know, mark on everybody, I'll tell you what, I would just check everybody's ear. <laughs> hey, man, you're good, you're not good. I would almost look like um, taking the position of, why am I even here? Why would I even be here? Why would I be preaching? If God's already got people picked out, already going, you know, already going to heaven. So what I want to do is, is I want to use the Bible to help me, to help us to see God's position. Now, I will say this again. There are, there are verses to make you think that God has already picked out people. And these people are, all people are already going to heaven and people aren't going to heaven. But we see in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Not willing that any. God's plan is for all of us. He doesn't want anybody to perish. Perish meaning being separated from God for eternity. James 4, 8 says this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Why would God even be saying something like that if he's already picked you out? If you continue to look at some of these verses, you're, it's, it's basically saying, you know what, you got a choice. <laughs> you got a choice you got to make. What is your choice? Revelation says this, Revelation 22. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. 20 some years ago, Lisa and I heard a sermon called, Are You a Whosoever? And you know, you probably heard them sermons before in the past, but it still kind of rings in our head because we'll talk about it periodically. Are you a whosoever? Depending on what translation you have, you might have whosoever or you might have whoever. Are you a whoever? You know, you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. You're not here by, by an accident. Of course, God wanted you here. God wanted you to, to be part of church. There's a reason. 1 John 2, 2 says this. And he himself is our propitiation, means an offering, if you will, to, uh, to an offended party. So Jesus is our connection between our sinfulness and God for our sins. Not for our sins only, but also for the whole world. For yours, for mines, for the people in, in other countries around the world. Every one of us. Jesus paid the price. Joel says it this way. And it shall come to pass, Joel 2. That whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God continues to give us choice. He's continuing to say, hey, this is up to you. The ball's in your court. I've done my work. 
In Romans 10, 13, he says it again, reciting it. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you a whoever? Acts 2, 20. Again, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here's the way I see this. I don't see this that God's, God marked certain people to go to heaven and certain people won't go to heaven. I don't see that in scripture. But let me finish here because there is another side to it. But continue to think about the, the characteristic of God and who he is. You get it from the Bible. You don't get it from yourself. You don't get it from your own theology. I don't know how many times I, I hear it said, well, God loves everybody. He understands. Well, God may love everybody, but you know, we need to change. But the point really is, is we need to know the character of God and we get it from the Bible. Matthew 5, 43 and 45 says it this way. You have heard that it was said, you, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Okay, we see that. Do we see that? Do we see the point here that's taking place? I mean, am I? You, you get what I'm saying? Cool. Two of you still. That's great. <laughs> but the point really is, we begin to understand the nature of God, and this helps us answer some of these questions that we would say we're not sure. You know, we're, we don't understand. But you, you get to know the nature of God. You get to know his heart. And it's interesting how the word even says, you know, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who, who spitefully use you. <laughs> you know, that's not what the world says. The world says, get even. The world says, you did this to me, and you know what, I'm going to do this to you. Now you're going to suffer more. This is what the world says. That's not what God says. God says, pray for the person. Forgive the person. Characteristics of God. John 3, 16. We know this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, there we go again, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Again, we see God's love throughout scripture. We see that God has given every person an opportunity. Every person a choice. We have choices every day. We can, we can choose to, to live, live with the Lord. We can choose to live without the Lord. We can choose to keep heartaches going. We can, we can choose to be offended. We hold on to offense. We can hold on to as long as we want. doesn't get any smaller. It grows. It grows into bitterness. It grows into sickness, physical sickness. The list goes on. But we choose what we want to do in life. John 3.17 says it this way. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. See, Jesus is not trying to hit us over the head. He's, he's just coming to say, hey, man, I'm here for you guys. Right now, you guys are on your way to hell. I got a plan for you. So to be fair, are all people going to heaven? No. Not everybody's going to heaven. The Bible's very clear on that. We know the parable of the wheat and the tares. 
We know some of these other parables. We know some of these other stories. There are people that are not going to heaven. And God knows they're not going to heaven. You know, we can't, we can't sugarcoat something. It is what it is. But we see in Romans 5.18, Therefore, as though one man's offense, talking about Adam, and write in your Bibles. If you brought your Bibles, don't afraid to write in and underline and put notes. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, to every one of us. See, that's, why, that's why we need a Savior. We're all, we're all sinful. Even so, to all men resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to some people, to all men, resulting in justification of, of life. Even so, through one man, speaking of Jesus, we all have this opportunity. You know, we can continue to, to, to look through these verses, but Jesus was clear on something, that there is a real hell and there's a real heaven. And matter of fact, he says, he says it's, an, it's a narrow gate that goes to heaven, but it's, it's a broad gate, as it says in the scripture here. I don't have that one up there. It's a, it's a broad gate that opens up that leads to destruction. Kind of makes you think, okay, hell's a, hell's a big highway here. Heaven's tight. Not everybody's going to heaven. So we begin to look at these things, and we need to, we need to be really thinking spiritually where we're going, where, what's going to take place. Are we taking the, the, um, the, the choice that God has offered us? Are we taking it? So does God know who's going to choose him? Yes, he knows that. But we don't know that. That's the thing. We don't know it. So we got to apply it in our lives. Does God know who's going to reject him? Yep. He knows that already. Not predestined. He already knows that. But does God give everyone a chance? Absolutely. Absolutely. Every person has a chance. Every person has an opportunity. There's a reason why when we go in scriptures, when we see Mark 16, and he says to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's a reason why God says to do that. We're told to do that. Why? To give other people opportunities to hear the gospel. Why? Because we're not earmarked. And I know this can go against some people's theology. I'm just using the word of God here. And just letting the word of God kind of walk us through. I know I'm opening up to emails. That other scriptures. And how about this scripture? And how about that scripture? Well I think some of these scriptures that we've seen already. Kind of override all the other ones. Romans 1.20 says this. For ever since the world was created. People have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities. Some Bible says attributes. His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Man, if you don't see God in, in life, in nature, not that nature is God, but if you don't see God in that, you're not going to have an excuse. Many times I would tell people, look at the sky. Where does it end? It's got to be a God. And, and, and the Lord's saying, well, look, you, you have no excuse because maybe someone didn't come to you, but you've seen the sky. You've seen all his, 
invisible attributes, all his invisible qualities. God grants each person the power to choose or to reject salvation, to choose or to reject him. And again, we look at this scripture in in 2 Peter. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, I, um, I, I did a funeral, and I don't know what it was, maybe two years ago. And, um, and I, if you've ever been to any of my funerals, not my funerals, but the ones I've done, not yet anyway, is that, um, is that I, you know, I do a salvation message and everything else. And afterwards, you know, you're just kind of mingling around, and I had a guy come to me. And so that was really a good sermon. And it's a typical salvation telling people, you know, when I do funerals, I come right out and say, look, this is not about the, the one who died. This is about the living. A funeral service is about the living. And I told, and the guy uh, said, it was really a good service. He says, um, but our church believes in, he said, predestination. And I said, okay. You know, I, I, I figured the guy was trying to challenge me. And I don't want to get into a fight in a funeral power. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we want to roll back and forth there. But I said, I, I said, yeah. I said, okay. I said, well, you know, I believe in the Great Commission and spreading the word of God out that way and just kind of left it like that. But it's interesting because if you're going to believe in predestination in the wrong way, like everybody's earmarked, you know what? You don't have to, you don't have to evangelize. I mean, you really don't have to when you think about it because God's already got them marked. And obviously this guy here that I talked to, he, he could care less about sharing the gospel because his belief was, well, God's picked this guy and this, picked this person to go to heaven, this person to go to heaven, so why should I even have to preach it? It kind of stirs you up a little bit. But God's willing that nobody should perish. So if God desires so much for no one to perish, if God is sincerely wants all people to be saved and wants none to perish, and if the decision is entirely up to him, man has no choice. Then all people will be saved and none will be lost. Right? So either God does not sincerely want everyone saved or else man does have a choice. Did you get that? Man does have a choice. If God wanted everybody to be saved, everybody's going to be saved. So we see the word adoption as well. I think, I think we're through that. I think we're through the turbulence there. I hope anyway. And I hope everybody understands that, that God has a plan for us to be saved. But he also has a plan for us to do something as well. We talked about this last week. All of us who made Jesus Christ Lord of, of your life. You have a job to do outside of this church building. This is the way his word gets out through to everybody. Is, is for each and every one of us. But when it talks about adoption, as we see in verse 5, as sons into the divine family. Sons also including the daughters here. But the point really is, it's, it's when you accept Christ, you have a, a, a legal, if you will, a legal thing that brings you into a family, into God's family. Into the family which comes with benefits, like any adoption does. When someone is adopted, they get all the benefits that comes with that family we have a lot of benefits we have a lot of blessings that come with having a relationship with Jesus Christ I think sometimes our spiritual blessings again can be roadblocked talking to the Christians here they can be roadblocked by what's taking place in the heavenlies 
and not even understanding this heavenly thing taking place. And God continues to talk about this war and everything else taking place in the spiritual realm. Uh, we know how to pray, Lord, take care of this. Lord, I pray for this. Help my, uh, my kids do good in school. Protect us. Yeah, that's, that's all cool. But let me tell you something. The devil is, is in a holding pattern. And if he hasn't come in on you yet, he's going to come in on you. And we got we to gotta fight it in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, we got to fight it. Not in some mamsy-pamsy praying. This is, we'll get into this when we get into Ephesians 6 a little bit more. But I'll say this again. Our spiritual blessings allows us to get them natural blessings. We can stand at this time here. You know, the Word of God has a whole lot to say. Has a whole lot to say. And you can use the Word of God to bring understanding to some verses that maybe we don't have understanding. One thing I love about the Word of God is it brings, as we know, what's called rhema. We read it, and then as we continue to study it, God speaks to us. And we get that revelation And God gives us some understanding, some supernatural understanding. Not change in doctrine, not change in the Bible whatsoever, but it just brings more of an understanding. This is why it's encouraging to make sure we're telling everybody to be reading your Bible. If you're not reading your Bible, you're not going to get that rhema from God. You might act act holy, you might act spiritual, but you're missing out on something. God has given us a choice first choice is to accept him that's up to each and every one of us he's given us a choice he'll continue to speak to us that's up to us he's given us a choice that we can we can go and fight supernatural battles battles again that are fighting for your marriage that are fighting for your finances that are fighting for your kids we can fight these things in the spiritual realm and you might not hear a message like this very often in a church especially when it comes to predestination when it comes to election when it comes to God has chosen us because again doctrines and and churches have split up because of that sad it's sad but the point really is is we see God's loving God and he continues to give us choices we can live it or we don't have to live it the prayer team's up here for afterwards if you'd like to come up for prayer if you haven't made that choice to make Jesus Lord of your life, make it today. Make it. It's, it's probably, if, if you're going to come up, it's already starting to happen right now in your life, in your heart right now. You want things to change in your life. Get up here and let the prayer team pray. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of praying. Don't be ashamed of carrying your Bible around. We talked about that last week. Don't be ashamed of that. Let God speak to you. Be bold in Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for predestining every one of us for you, Lord. It's your will that none should perish. So, Lord, you put each and every one of us on your radar. You have given us all the opportunities. We know, Lord, that some people will not choose you whatsoever. We know that, Father. But, Lord, every person here today is coming here for a reason. You, you brought them here. You drew them here, Lord, and they're here and they're here in the word of God. Father, I pray for any decisions that need to be made spiritually or maybe on a, on a natural level, Lord. Father, they, they will come up and get serious about this relationship with you. Get, get serious about these spiritual blessings that you want to bless each and every one of us with. 
Lord, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for each person here. Bless us, protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by the service, and I hope God was really speaking to you. Let me encourage you to go to the church website at perryhall.life and click on the Jesus link. This will tell you a little bit more about how to get that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. as well. Thank you. God bless you, and have a great day.